welcome to the first episode of Mules with a Mic, the Alamo Heights Junior School newspaper podcast. That's quite a mouthful. Uh, I'm so excited to be with you today. My name is Steven Bersenio. I'm an eighth grade English teacher and the newspaper teacher at Alamo Heights Junior School in San Antonio, Texas. And with me today, I have members of our newspaper staff. Go ahead and introduce yourselves, guys. Hello, I'm Dr. Davis. Um, I'm in seventh grade. And one thing that's helping me get through quarantine is probably just FaceTiming friends. Nice. Hello, I'm Sarah Sipkoyak. I am in seventh grade. And one thing getting me through quarantine is my computer. <laughs> awesome. Hi, my name is Sarah. I'm in eighth grade. And one thing that's getting me through quarantine is art. Hi, I'm Taylor. I'm in eighth grade. And one thing getting me through quarantine is the office. <laughs> I love The Office. Although it's kind of up in the air between Parks and Rec and The Office, I don't know which one has more of my heart. But thank you guys. Our first segment for our podcast today uh, is something called Slices. So all of our students that are co hosting with me on the podcast have searched uh, all throughout the internet to look for good news to bring to y'all and share and lift you up during these crazy times. So we're just going to go around uh, the digital room here and share your slices. We'll start with Thatcher. All right, Thatcher, what slice did you bring for us today? Well, some interesting news is that Lady Gaga organized a all-star concert with, um, it was called One World at Home with Lizzo, Billie Eilish, Judy Wonder, and many more. It was streamed on on the 18th of April and raised over or and raised three thirty five million dollars for the world for the World Health Organization. Uh, they will not be accepting any more donations since this was all raised by Lady Gaga, which is quite impressive that she'd give that much money. Wait, so you're saying she gave away? 35 million of her own money? Honestly, if I had that much money, I'd I kind of not do the same thing, but I'm even surprised that they would do that. Do, do y'all know, is that is it streaming anywhere now that it's over? Does anyone know? I don't I think, think it's probably on YouTube. Yeah? Probably, yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, thank you, Thatcher. All right, Sarah, what slice did you bring for us today? Okay, so my slice is about the air pollution in major world cities has dropped with a max of 60%, 60% during these coronavirus um, shutdowns. Well, so like, what does that mean? Um, Air pollution in more of the major world cities like London and Seoul and those types of places has, the air pollution has dropped since businesses and just things closing and just the whole pandemic happening wow that's nuts yeah when i i I used to well taylor used to live in china as well along with myself Uh, when i lived in china i remember there were a few days where the government shut like certain factories down for a holiday and it was so beautiful outside and i bet that's kind of like the same thing we had class canceled a few times when the air pollution was too bad really i don't think it happened like twice i think yeah. That's insane. I, when yeah. I was there, I used that to never live happened. in Seoul, and oh, yeah? places would shut down every once in a while because of air pollution. 
and it would be up in like the really high percentages and like school would be canceled and like stores wouldn't be open and it was like really weird because it was like a apocalypse like situation do, do you feel sarah similar now like what you were going through now to those days when you were in seoul not necessarily no really which one feels more scary I feel like in Seoul it was more scary because there was, like, nobody outside. Like, you would walk outside and it would legit be, like, an apocalypse situation. Like, no one out there. There would be, like, three people maybe. Okay. I mean, because right now... a couple cars. Yeah. Because, like, right now you're still seeing people everywhere. You know, like, it's not that crazy. Wow, that's nuts. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that, Sarah. Like, maybe, like, nature is getting a little bit back... More to normal. So, awesome. Thank you. All right, Sarah, what slides did you bring for us today? Um, so, um, it's a little bit late, but yesterday is on April 22nd, was the 50th anniversary of Earth Day. And I think that's a really exciting thing. Um, so, on Twitter, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Association reminded people that, um, especially now during, like, quarantine and stuff, it's a really great time to be closer to nature and go outside more and just enjoy the enjoy like um nature how it is right now and i think that it's a really positive thing that's going to affect us after the pandemic is over people might be a little more down to earth and closer to nature around them so yeah wow that's awesome how many of y'all your parents have started gardens since this all went down has anyone done that yet yeah my parents have done that really yeah, I I started as well. Start randomly growing grass around the house, which I find funny. So they're just growing grass, like nothing special, just grass. Yeah, there's a bunch of dirt areas, and so she just started placing grass down and watering it. Wow. Well, I mean, helping the earth, I guess. That's awesome. So Taylor, uh, last but not least, what slice did you bring for us today? My slice is about uh, how isolation can affect the creative mind. Banksy, David Hockney, and Tracy uh, uh, Eamon are a few artists taking advantage of having to stay home. So Banksy has decorated his bathroom with sewer rats and other uh, sewer animals. Um, And this is not the only time that that isolation has helped us with our art. Um, In the times of the Black Plague, the painting Sleeping Venus was made by a man who was in isolation, and he painted his dead wife, that's actually what the painting is, who died from the plague. I did not know that. That's insane. (laughs) And Van Gogh painted his best work when he was in isolation from cutting his left earlobe off. He was put in a mental hospital. Wow. That's crazy. I, I... Uh, does everyone know who Banksy is? Yeah, and I heard that um, Bangle couldn't be up because he was just, people thought he was crazy. And I guess he was doing that with some kind of symbolism. But maybe he was actually crazy. I don't know the story. Yeah. I, mean, I find his work pretty funny because of just the sarcasm in it. Yeah, if, if you're not familiar with Banksy, I uh, recommend just Googling him, like the word bank and then SY, like Banksy. He's this London. Um, street artist and he does a lot of graffiti and his artwork like no one has ever really seen him do it he's this mysterious figure 
who does this street art just out of nowhere and that's usually really funny or sarcastic or it's social commentary, like pointing out some wrong in society. He is a really, really interesting character. So, uh, Taylor, you said, like, he's decorating his bathroom with rats. Like, what do you mean by that? Like, actual live rats or, like, what's happening? No, he made, like, a rat stencil. And he's been putting them all over, like, on the toilet seat. And he's been making them do things on the walls, like, playing with the uh, the uh, toilet paper and stuff. Oh, wow. That's funny. That's funny. So, how do I mean, how do y'all feel, like... Has quarantine helped y'all be more creative? Have you found yourself doing uh, things that you may not normally have had time for? Like when school was going like normal, have y'all done anything creative recently? Well, recently I found out how bored I can get just doing nothing. (laughs) So Thatcher, that means you've done nothing creative. Is that what you're telling me? Oh, no, nothing at all. I've been doing a lot of writing recently, which oh. I haven't really had had time to do before, so that's fun. Really? Like, what type of writing? I love writing, like, like short stories and things like that. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, Sierra, you're a writer as well. Um, have you written anything or other forms of creativity? You mentioned art earlier. What have you done? Um, yeah, I've kind of been writing some zines lately. Um, I'm writing a zine about, like, a... A world apocalypse kind of thing, which is similar to quarantine now. Um, So, yeah, I really like doing that stuff, too. Wow, that's awesome. All right, Sarah, what about you? I think I've painted every single piece of furniture in my room. (laughs) What do you mean? Like your Um, bed? No, but um, I look around my room, and a lot of my furniture is painted. Like since the quarantine, like you've painted Wow! Like, c- give me an example of one. What it, what what it used my to look mirror, like? My drawers, my little bucket thingamajiggies, the shelf. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've painted a lot of a lot of stuff. Normally, for me, quarantine has been strange. Uh, I like to write a lot, and for some reason, I have not been able to since quarantine started. Like, it's almost like I have writer's block, but it's like coronavirus induced like I can't think straight I can't write so instead I've been gardening like I don't normally plants die when I touch them but I've been gardening and I have like these tiny little like squash that are growing and they're like maybe an inch long and they're like the cutest little things and I've been doing puzzles but I haven't done anything crazy like Taylor has mentioned in her slice today so in my backyard, there's a little war uh, uh, going on between the bees and the hummingbirds. They're fighting over the uh, the uh, feeder. Whoa, 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 whoa! What? <laughs> you, you, yeah. What What do you mean? Like, explain. Ex- what's the scene lo- look like when you see this from your from your window? Like, the bees are trying to swarm the the uh, hummingbirds, and then the hummingbirds are trying to like peck them down. It's very like interesting to watch. Whoa, that is nuts i've never heard of anything like that before wow so it goes back to sarah's slice nature is healing itself apparently and going to war with each other all right well thank you guys for sharing your slices 
Up next, we have an interview with the junior school's very own Chris McDowell, who teaches technology, and Troy Wilson, who teaches seventh grade English. So stay with us. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the interview portion of Mules with the Mic. I have two very esteemed guests with us today. We have uh, the junior school's very own Chris McDowell and Troy Wilson, and interviewing them is Taylor Taylor Morgan, Sarah Sokowiak, and Thatcher Davis. So, um, if you guys just take a second and introduce yourselves to those of you that to those of us that may have forgotten who you are because it's been so long. So my name is Chris McDowell. Uh, I love that, by the way, Mr. Christina, you had to look at notes for our names. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we, uh, I teach technology at the junior school. I've been there this uh, end of my sixth year, going into my seventh year in the fall. And my background was originally history, but I've been teaching uh, technology now for three years. Wow, three years. That's crazy. It is kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah I... Well, like I run into students at the high school, you know, my my students are now graduating or have graduated. You know, they still think of me as a history teacher, hmm. and they were surprised that I could be a technology teacher. And of course, now the sixth graders I have are thinking very weird that I would have taught social studies or I would have been their social studies teacher. You know, mm-hmm. this is people's identity. They lock you into one place, and even you find that you do that to yourself too. Yeah. But yeah, nice. All right, Mr. Wilson. Hello, everybody. I'm Troy Wilson. I started the same year at the junior school as Mr. McDowell. I think it's our seventh year there. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's our seventh year. I am currently the seventh grade English teacher there. My 19th year teaching. And a little tidbit about myself, I moved to Texas in 1992. <laughs> I don't know why. You just have to figure it out, maybe, or guess. That That's a long time ago. Holy cow. <laughs> Students, go ahead and take it away. What are some questions that you have for our esteemed guest? All right, I'll start us off. Um, what was your dream job as a kid? Have you always wanted to be, be, be a teacher, or did you have some other dream? Mr. Wilson, you want to take this one first? Sure. My dream job as a kid, I was obsessed with basketball. I spent almost all of my free time and even the time I was supposed to do, be doing other things, playing basketball, watching basketball, reading about basketball, dreaming about basketball. And then I found out that I wouldn't be good enough to be a pro basketball player. <laughs> so there's a famous poem by Langston Hughes called Dreams Deferred, and that applied to me. Um, I had an aunt who used to joke all the time that I should be a teacher, and I used to laugh at her and tell her that was ridiculous. And then um, one day I woke up and I decided that maybe I should give it a shot. And so I started teaching when I was 27, 28. And since then I have loved it, yes. For me, when I was very young, I was really into dinosaurs like most (laughs) are. But I knew, my mom would show me off because I could name like, I think it was close to 50 dinosaurs before I was wow. I just love dinosaurs. They were the coolest thing. I did think for a long time about being a paleontologist. Mustache for a paleontologist. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> Throw it off. 
You know, you have the anti-mustache thing going on. Your beard is very full and your mustache is very thin. Okay. Yeah. Well, about your mustache during this interview. Okay. For our for our podcast listeners, Mr. McDowell has a '70s mustache going on right now, so very yeah. abnormal for him. And by the way, I it's, all I did was shave my beard off. I didn't change the mustache at all. So whatever. <laughs> for, hold on a second. For those of you out there, I want you to Google Wilford Brimley. <laughs> Don, when you have a picture of Wilford Brimley on your computer, you'll know what Mr. McDowell looks like right now. Yeah. We'll, we'll put that in the show notes. We'll put a picture okay. of Wilford Brimley. I'm borderline <laughs> diabetic. I'm not there yet, though. <laughs> um, so, anyways, I thought I'd be a paleontologist, but uh, as I got older, I found myself drawing a lot. I was really, like, I remember I got in trouble in third grade because I would not stop drawing, uh, like Spider Man and Wolverine. So, throughout most of middle school, I actually thought I was going to be an artist. Me and a buddy of mine in seventh grade made a comic book every day. We made a five-page comic book. He would give me the script in the morning. I would draw the comic book throughout the rest of the day, give it to him, and he would color it at night. So the next day when he handed me the next script, we'd also see the fully colored uh, rendition of our comic book. And we did that legitimately for an entire year. Now, I did fail seventh grade math. Uh, I just want to mention that. And, um, and... So for a long time, that's what I thought I was going to do. But in high school, you know, I just, I never really found myself anywhere. I got into band. I wanted to be a music composer, started to start to write music. Uh, I wrote like my, I wrote an orchestral piece when I was in high school. I was really proud of it. But um, eventually I did go to school to, I, I went to college for a couple of I started out as a music major, then went for Communications. I thought I did political science for a little bit, and eventually I did settle into history. Um, so my, my degree was in medieval Spanish history. Mm, cool. Oh, wow, that's incredibly specific. Yeah. <laughs> Do you still have any of the comic books, or does your friend have any of them? We kind of lost track with each other. I failed a couple grades in high school, and so he graduated before I did, and then I had to go to another school to make up my grade like uh, big classes. So we kind of lost track with each other, but probably now about five years ago, I was, I went, I'm from Georgia originally. I was in Georgia and we, I did go see him and he had the box of comic books. He'd still kept them. And our, our main character was like a flubber like character. And the bad guy was a guy named OJ Sampson. It was an oil baron. <laughs> and, uh, it was really silly, but it was I actually looked, you know, when I saw them, I was like, man, in seventh grade, I, you look back at yourself in seventh grade because you grow so much since then and you don't give yourself enough credit. I think of myself as like, I must have been really dumb in seventh grade. But I look at the work and I'm like, actually, that's a lot better than I even give, I think I could do now at some point. So, yeah, I've seen it since then and it was really cool. That's awesome. I, I did not know that aspect of your life, Mr. McDowell. That's cool. Would you rather be the funniest in the room or the smartest in the room and why? Mr. Wilson, what do you, he thinks he loves all the time. So. I have, for much of my life, I was insecure about uh, my intelligence. I never took school seriously. I really didn't take college seriously until grad school. Mm-hmm. But I had to move around all the time growing up. I was a military child, so I grew up in foreign countries. I traveled a lot. I'm a single um, child as well. I don't have any brothers or sisters. So my way of coping with constantly being in a new city and a new school every two years was being funny. So I, uh, by default, I think for me, it's being the funniest person in the room. 
I take pride in making people laugh. Um, even if it seems inappropriate, like it's not the right time to crack a joke, I often accept that challenge and see if I can make someone laugh when it's not appropriate for them to laugh. So I notoriously, at a family gathering once, uh, unfortunately it was a funeral, I made my cousin giggle so loud that they had to stop the service. <laughs> and my, my mother was so mad. At but I take pride in that. <laughs> if we can't laugh, what can we do, right? So. Yeah. I think I have a similar thing. It's so ingrained in who you see yourself as when you're a kid. Like you, at some point you have to start coming up with identity. And that does change over time. But I grew up very poor. And, um, and when you're poor and you don't have a lot, humor is the best way to kind of make do with harsh realities. So being the funny person, I never thought I was going to be the best looking person out of my friends. I never thought I'd be the most athletic or anything like that. But I knew I was smart. And teachers always told me that. I just never did the work. But um, I never was like school smart. And so I never saw myself as that. I always said, you know, if I'm going to fit in a group, I'm going to make people laugh. So it was the same thing. It was just being silly. So now, if I, if I would say, I, I, I know that I'm an intelligent person, but I struggle with not wanting to be arrogant. I don't want people to see me as that. And I don't want to ever, like, make that the cornerstone of who I am. Like, even now with my daughters, I try to praise them for the things they do and not about just like being smart. I want them to strive to be a good person. So I think that kind of touches on that. Like being a funny person so also kind of touches on a moral issue. Like are you able to be flexible and laugh? And do you do you want to uplift other people opposed to being self-serving? Not that being smart is a bad thing at all, but I think um, I, I'd rather be someone who is encouraging other people than I think sometimes maybe self-serving. Another, another aspect, if I can follow on to that, Mr. McDowell, another aspect of being smart that I have found as I've gotten older, I've become less and less impressed with the idea of intelligence because really what it is, it, it's almost always contextual. Like there are, there are people that are very intelligent in certain contexts because they put in a lot of work. But every single one of us could be put in a situation where we don't feel like we know what's going on. And we don't have a grasp of the situation. We don't understand kind of the context of, of what we're doing. And so for me, what I have discovered as I've gotten older is intelligence is a matter of how much work you put in to a certain area or field and how disciplined you are. And so there is a level of respect in that. But it also, I think I'm also less impressed with it because I realize that we all are kind of ignorant in different areas. Your add-on is that... I think I, I would get worried because you see that people um, who see themselves as intelligent, they're good in one area, but they tend to extend that to areas they're not experts in. Like they are really good at being they, a teacher, but they feel like they're now because they're good in this one thing, they're good at a bunch of things that it really isn't necessarily true. And I also think that being a funny person isn't, it requires a level of intelligence. Yeah, it you is, have to be clever and flexible and adaptive. And so I can respect someone who's funny because you don't have to be socially, economically, like at a high stature to be a really funny, clever person. Like, I think those things kind of tie into each other. It's a good question. Yeah, I feel like that was kind of funny since how I see you, and this is not trying to be rude, but I see you as like a total nerd. And so <laughs> saying that, saying that you'd rather be the funny person instead of the smart person is just surprising for me. Yeah, so in, at school, here's the weird thing, is that because I'm with students, there is 
a I'm very like process oriented person. I need to go to the next thing. I need to keep pushing my students and myself to be better because I get worried about being stagnant. So I do find sometimes my personality is built on that. And it, like I think, for example, one of our interviewees here, Sarah, she did great in my class, but I know that when she was in my class, I will always push her. And I think it annoyed her and the other students sometimes because I never got a chance to engage with them on a funny level. I never got to make jokes and stuff like that because for me as a teacher, my role is different. But in my like day-to-day life and with some students that I don't feel like I have to push as much, they kind of push themselves, I relax and I, I get to joke with them a lot more. Um, and I'm more sarcastic and, you know, whatever with them. So it just depends on the context, too. My question is, how have you guys been making quarantine more fun and interesting? Interesting is going to be a tough word. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think it's a challenge for everybody, Um, especially it's a challenge for students, but it's a challenge for teachers as well because we're trying to understand, you know, Mr. Bicenio, myself, Mr. McDowell, we have upwards of 140 students, and they're all in different circumstances. So it's hard for us to to give work to students that is a balance for all students that are they're able to do in those circumstances. So I'm struggling a lot with that. So that impacts kind of what I'm my happiness and interest during quarantine. But to answer your question, I think I've been doing a lot of bike rides. So last night, for instance, I went on a two-hour bike ride down to the Pearl and the Riverwalk, and then back. Um, Two years ago, I, I bought a house, and it was a big deal for me because I had to move a lot growing up, and I grew up in apartments. So I've been really enjoying staying in my house. Hmm. Yeah, same here. <laughs> and then the biggest thing of all is I'm spending a lot of time with my son. My son is uh, 19 years old. He's a college student, and he is here with me. And spending all day, every day with him has been wonderful. We've had a great time. We're going through Marvel movies, watching comedy specials on Netflix. So it's been fantastic. Yeah, for me, um, I have two young daughters. One's about three in June, and the other one is uh, one and a half. And so that in itself keeps me pretty busy. Uh, I'm teaching them because they're not in classes or doing anything. So drawing chalk in the sidewalk and um, just coming up with little projects to do with them has been great. Same thing, I bought a house recently, so I'm doing house projects. And there is, I always thought it would be so boring to be a homeowner and to spend your weekends cutting grass and stuff. And I've come to find I really enjoy imagining what I can do through the house and making a garden and uh, those things. In the evenings, um, so I do like dance parties with my daughters. I like to like like do fun things with them. But when they go down in the evenings, I play Magic the Gathering a lot. So I'm trying to trying to get maybe join a professional tournament pretty soon. I'm just playing that, and then also me and another teacher, Miss Supasay. We're going to present at a conference next year, and the conference is going to be about her not knowing how to make a video game, and then we're going to spend a year of her making a game, and we're going to sort of blog about her journey as becoming a game designer. So uh, planning those things with her. On top of that, I'm just also, like, on Wednesday nights, I'm leading a game group. So online, we meet, we play board games or play D&D, and then also recording music. So playing bass guitar and just working on recording stuff. So I'm pretty, actually, like, this quarantine thing is kind of really fit into my hobbies in a lot of good ways. Because I can still do social things with people online, engage with people on this level like we're doing right now. This, I'm, as, I'm as happy doing this kind of FaceTime meeting as I am meeting with someone face-to-face. I don't need to be next to someone to feel social. And I still get to pursue my hobbies at my own pace. So this has been really, I hate to say, kind of fun for me. 
I feel guilty about that in some ways, but it has been kind of fulfilling. All right, well, we're going to end this with a quick lightning round of this or that, and I'm going to have a few questions, and you're just going to, we have just two options, and you're going to just quickly tell me one or the other. So, like, for example, cat or dog, and you're going to tell me what, what do you think? So, um, let's start. Cat or dog? Dog, here's my, here's my big fat dog right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say dog as well, but I'm not a big fan of pets, necessarily. Okay. Uh, but I also love cats. I've had like ten cats in my life. So nice, nice. Pancakes or waffles? Chocolate chip cookie pancakes. Whoa. <laughs> I'm just gonna say waffles, man. They hold in the surf way better. Oh, okay, like the structure of a waffle um, is. I love the structural integrity of a waffle. Yeah, <laughs> and more it's a crispier texture typically. I like the chocolate chip cookie pancakes, and you're talking about structural integrity of waffles. You lose that. Come on, next. Yeah, he's a technology okay. team. Well, I'm just confused why he said he wants to be the funniest person in the room. It's also talking about structural integrity of a waffle. Thank you. Let me know if you're commenting on it. <laughs> All right. Day or night? Night. Night. Okay. Library or museum? In Dublin, Ireland at Trinity University, they have a library that is a museum. Yeah. Ooh. Pick that. It's an amazing library. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm gonna say museum though. I like I like exhibits. I like hands-on things. Nice. Chocolate or vanilla? Uh, strawberry. <laughs> nice. I like chocolate, but it's kind of like the Wendy's frosty chocolate, which is like half chocolate. I like I like that. Okay. Rain or snow? Rain. I grew up in England. Oh, I said snow. I apologize. Yes, snow. Oh, it's all right. Um, comedy or horror? Oh man. I yeah, that's too hard for me to pick. Ooh. Really, I'm 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 big fan of horror flicks. If if you haven't seen The Changeling from nineteen in the nineteen seventies, go see that. Everybody, it's the scariest movie of all time. Okay, but I also love comedy. I mean, I I, I literally cannot choose. Definitely comedy for me. I cannot stand horror. I get angry when I watch horror films. Like I want to punch something when I yeah. get. <laughs> I like that when I saw that mustache. Ooh, that's three times. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, we got a couple more to go. You said seven. Don't you hold I think I said twelve. We got a ways to go. Oh, okay. Nice. All right. Last one. Burgers or tacos? Oh man, some tough choices here. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go burger. Oh. You know, we start to get to this debate about what a burger is. We can really go down this tr- rabbit trail. Uh, but I'm going to say burger as well. It's just got so much potential. A royal burger with a fried egg in it is one of my favorite foods. Mm. Yeah, so I've got two quick stories about burgers. One, the, <laughs> the single best hamburger I've ever had in my life, I was 10 years old at a two-lane bowling alley in England in the 1980s. And I asked for a cheeseburger, and this old lady got this like frozen patty and put some cheese on it and lettuce and threw it in the microwave and made it for me and then like tossed it on the counter. And it was the best burger I've ever had in my life. She microwaved it? Yeah. I think about that burger all the time. Like, <laughs> like no expectation for it to be good. It was in a bowling alley with only two lanes in England. And that burger was amazing. The other one was the original um, fat burger in LA. The mm-hmm. first time I ever had a fried egg on a burger. It's not the fat burger chain that came to Texas. It's the original fat burger in L.A. has the best burgers. So, you, so what I ordered there was a chili cheese fried egg burger with lettuce on it. Ooh. Second best hamburger I've ever had in my life. 
That's true. You guys are making me hungry. Now I, I need to eat lunch now. <laughs> All right, well, Mr. I got, a oh, I, got a que- I got a question for everybody. All right. I want to hear from all of the interviewer, I guess is the right term. Mm-hmm. I want to hear what the single best thing about quarantine. So we're going to end on a positive note, no neg- no negativity. Nice. Sarah, uh, Thatcher, and Taylor, tell me the single best thing about quarantine. Besides McDowell's mustache. <laughs> that, is a, that is a positive, that you don't have to experience it face to face. I get it. I mean, not gonna lie, I'm doing pretty good in some games that I'm playing, so I say that's pretty good. Honestly, I'd just say it's being able to sleep in more and have more time to just kind of chill and do nothing. Sarah, you sound very sleepy right now. Same, yes, I exactly. I am very sleepy. Yeah, I'm sleeping a- in sounds great. Okay, let's think. I woke up at I woke up at ten thirty today. Anybody beat that? Uh, I woke, I woke up, up at, at twelve. Uh, not twelve. No, I woke up at eleven twenty-seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I bet I could beat that, but of course, I have to get up for school usually. So that's y'all's fault. <laughs> I just record my videos beforehand and I just play it, and I make the students think I'm presenting. You know, I just put right in my classes. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't teach. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, well, well, thank you guys both very much. We really appreciate your time, and thank you for participating in our first podcast. I can't wait. You just heard from the junior school's very own Mr. McDowell and Mr. Wilson. We want to thank them for being our first podcast guest. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed them. I enjoyed it. Uh, Both funny and very insightful at the same time. And it also made me very hungry for hamburgers. Um, Alright, so our final segment for our first episode is the question of the week. Uh, Our question for the week for for both my co-host and for you as listeners is what form of entertainment is helping you right now get through the quarantine. It could be uh, something on Netflix. It could be a book that you've been reading. Maybe you're doing something outside to keep you active. What is What form of entertainment are you using uh, to pass the time? And let's start with uh, Thatcher. What's what, what have you turned to these last few weeks? Well, uh, I've turned to like four things right now. Bike riding playing games, watching a show, mostly just either The Office or Steven Universe. And I want to read a book. I haven't gotten it yet, but I kind of want to read a book by Stephen King called Shawshank Redemption. Ooh, that's a very good one. And it's short, too. Oh, it is? Because I watched the movie, and the movie seemed pretty long. Well, I mean, for a book, it's short. Okay. Nice. All right, thank you, Thatcher. Uh, Sarah, what is keeping you entertained through the quarantine? So I have been watching a lot of shows. There's like 20 different shows I'm currently watching. And then I've been reading a little, and then I've been painting, and then my computer has been entertaining me quite a bit with my games and stuff. So, I mean... I got to know, what games are you playing? I'm playing Arsenal... I'm playing Animal Crossing, Mario Kart. I'm just playing a ton of different games, and it's pretty pretty great. Oh, awesome. 
Sweet. Thank you, Sarah. All right, Sarah, what about you? What is keeping you entertained right now? Um, well, I've been watching a show called The Kind of Flurries, and I've also been reading two different novels. I'm reading The Diary of Anne Frank, and nice. I'm also reading Hatchet, um, a novel by um, Gary Paulson. Yeah. So, Sierra, uh, I've heard about that book, Hatchet. What is it about? Um, it's about this boy named Brian, um, and he was in like this plane crash. And then he's, like, alone in the wilderness in, like, Canada. And so um, I don't want to spoil too much, but it's kind of like a emotional journey for him. I don't want to give away too much. So that's... Okay, thank you. Yeah, it's a classic adventure novel. And I remember reading it when I was in middle school. And it's still really, really, like, it holds up. It's a fantastic book. Awesome. Thank you, Sierra. All right, last but not least, Taylor, what is keeping you entertained during the quarantine right now? Other than The Office and writing, I've started to read the, the Hannibal books. And I'm usually a total chicken, so I don't watch, like, horror movies and stuff. But I really like this. Whoa, those are, like, intense books. Like, how far are you, like, have you finished a book? Or are you just in the middle of one? I'm in the middle of the first book. Whoa, and your thoughts so far? So good. Wow. I really like it. That, it's super scary, though. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, but it's like not like horror movie scary, you know, like with ghosts like and stuff. Sort of. Yeah, like it's 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 like realistic scary. Like, oh my gosh, what's gonna like that? Wow, I, I did not expect you to answer that, Taylor. That's awesome. Uh, for me, what's getting me through quarantine? Uh, I'm an old man, and I've been doing puzzles like every night. Like, like we, my daughter probably has. 15 puzzles like of varying degrees of difficulty and i think so far in the quarantine we've finished five of them and it's been a lot of fun so i've been doing a lot of puzzles and um and i'm gonna steal this from thatcher but thatcher you didn't mention it i have been loving lego masters uh the first season just ended like last week i think but it's on hulu is even if you don't like Legos, I recommend watching it. It is just a neat show. It's so cool to see what all the teams come up with and the competition. And the host, Will Arnett, is just super funny. He's like the he's the voice of Lego Batman in the Lego movies and the Lego Batman movie. It is just a really great TV show. And I cannot recommend it enough. So uh, think about that question and leave us a comment on our podcast page. Um, on our newspaper site, what is keeping you entertained in the quarantine? Uh, to close us off, uh, Thatcher is going to be sharing with us our riddle of the week. Take it away, Thatcher. So the riddle is, I am not alive, but I grew up. I do not have lungs, but I need air. I do not have a mouth, but water kills me. What am I? Awesome. So something for you to be entertained with and your brain to be challenged with. So what is the answer to this week's riddle? Uh, Thank you. I want to thank my co-host, Thatcher, Sarah, Sierra, and Taylor. Uh, Be on the lookout for episode two coming out soon. And I hope you stay safe out there. Thank you for listening, guys.